Welcome, everybody, yet another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. If you are enjoying your day, awesome. If not, well, let's see what this episode does for you today. So anyway, so there was a topic that I sometimes see getting enforced by WWE and sometimes not. And that is their 30-day title defense rule that they have for champions. The whole rule being that once you defend your championship, you have 30 days to defend it again. There are times where this rule is established, and times where they just completely forget about it. In fact, I also have an example from WCW that I'll quickly get out of the way where they actually finally acknowledged it, but uh, they screwed up. And that was involving Hulk Hogan's title run in 97, I believe. He defended the title at Super Brawl, and then he went months on end without defending the title on television again. Like, until he defended it against Lex Luger right before Hog Wild, I believe it was. So they went months on end without Hogan defending the title, but then, before the title defense against Lex Luger that happened on Raw, they mentioned it on WCW television that, oh, Hogan's got in his contract that he's got to defend the title every 30 days. But at this month point, it was like a handful of months after the last defense back at Super Bowl. So where did... That was a longer than 30-day title defense rule there. But anyway, there are also examples of when this happens in WWE where it's acknowledged on television at times where they just completely forget this rule ever happened. So I'm going to finally discuss all of this today because I got a handful of examples where they bring this up on television, times where they completely ignore it, and one that's kind of on the fence. So let's go over the ones that where they've actually been acknowledged. We'll start off with the August 23, 2010 edition of Raw when WWE Champion Sheamus defended the championship in a squash match against Zack Ryder. He was told he had to defend the title tonight. He chose his opponent, Zack Ryder, ring the bell, bro kick, boom, that's it. And afterwards, Sheamus gets on the mic and declares that, hey, it says in my contract, fella, that I don't have to defend the title for another 30 days, and he was going to use that as a reason to take Night of Champions off. But then afterwards, the anonymous Raw GM decides, hey, you're going to defend your title in a six-pack elimination match against Wade Barrett, John Cena, Chris Jericho, Edge, and Randy Orton. So a talent on television actually acknowledged that, hey, there's this rule. I have 30, I don't have to defend my title for another 30 days, and he tried using it in a heel way to try to take that night off, and it didn't work. <clears throat> now, another example, and this one I had to keep looking back on extensively for defenses and everything. The December 22nd, 1997 edition of Raw, remember it was Christmas Raw, where DX had the robes on, and it was a little merry Christmas theme. At the time, Shawn Michaels was both the WWF and European champion at the same time. He had been European champion since one night only, and he had been the WWF challenge or champion since uh, Survivor Series when he, the whole Montreal Screwjob happened. Well, after DX showed their asses, Sergeant Slaughter, who was the on-screen commissioner, comes out and acknowledges that Shawn Michaels hadn't defended his championship in more than 30 days. At that point, it hadn't been in over 60 days. And in fact, I was looking through a cage match trying to look up matches, and they tried saying one of those times where he actually defended the title was in a match against Ken Shamrock on Raw. That was not a title match. I kept going back. It was non-title. The last time I think that you could debate that it was actually a title defense was on the October 20th, 1997 edition of Raw, where it was title for title or champion versus champion match to an Intercontinental Champion Owen Hart and European Champion Shawn Michaels. I match ended inconclusively. So I believe that was the only televised title defense that Sean ever had of the European Championship prior to this. So then they use it on this night to say, hey, you haven't defended your title in a while. And then he was forced to defend the title in what ended up being the farce match against Triple H. So an on-screen authority figure said, hey, put the belt on the line, motherfucker. Now, example number three. 
September 6, 2004 edition of Raw. So, at this point, Edge was the Intercontinental Champion. He had been champion since Vengeance. And the week before, he had the whole segment on the highlight reel, which was, I believe, the month about a little over a week after SummerSlam, when Edge retained in a triple threat against Chris Jericho Matisse. Edge revealed on the highlight reel saying that over that weekend at a house show, he had torn his groin and could not defend the championship like he's supposed to. The week after, September 4, September 6, 2004 edition of Raw, after Eric Bischoff announced that there was going to be a steel cage match that night for Triple H and Eugene, he pulled off a tarp in front of them and showed the Intercontinental Championship and revealed that, due to Edge's injury, he cannot defend his championship with due to that whole 30-day tile defense rule, due to his injury keeping him out longer than expected, and declared the championship would be vacant. So another instance where, hey, champion's injured, can't defend the title, it's gone. Now, the next edi- next example, December 7, 2007 edition of SmackDown. After Survivor Series, Edge and Teddy Long were in the ring talking about the upcoming match in Armageddon, but also referenced to when Edge had to vacate the championship prior to the Great American Bash due to his injury, and they established there on television that Edge didn't was not given 30 days to defend his title again despite the injury, and then Teddy Long said that, Edge, you were out of action for four months. You weren't even going to be able to defend your title within 60 days. So again, they established their rule as for a reason to have Edge vacate the championship. Now, the next one. This one, I don't believe anybody know, remembers about. And that was about Gregory Helms, a.k.a. Shane Helms, Hurricane. Back in the early 2006, he was Cruiserweight Champion. Well, during a SmackDown house show, he ended up suffering a broken nose. And it was shown on an episode of SmackDown when he was having a segment with Teddy Long. And it was revealed that, hey... You're gonna you're injured, but you have to wrestle tonight against Chris Benoit. You know. So Gregory Helms had the match, and afterwards he took about a month off to recover from his broken nose and surgery. And to cover his time away, they used the whole excuse saying that hey, he has a no compete clause in his contract, which is really what is used for talent when they can't compete after being after either being granted the release or being released or whatever. So they use that as a re- way to wave off that whole 30-day title defense rule in order to keep the title on him despite the injury. And I believe he was out for a little over a month because of his broken nose, because I know he came back in April 2006. So he was away for a little over a month that. And the other example that I've got, and this one was used for kayfabe reasons, remember 1993, Shawn Michaels, Intercontinental Champion, but out of nowhere, he was suspended by the company. Because he had tested positive for steroids, which Shawn Michaels still denies, saying that he's never used it. Somebody probably just gave him something. He didn't realize what it was. So to cover up and explain why he was off television with a suspension, they claim it was because he was not defending his title as often as he needed to, therefore alluding to the whole rule saying, hey, 30-day title defense. So even with kayfabe rules, they use it to try to do a little bit of a cover-up. Now... We've got times on television where it's acknowledged. Now I've got some examples where this rule's become completely ignored. And when it comes to this, I'm going to be referring to televised tile defenses. So no house shows because really who's paying attention to what's happening on house shows all that often unless there's a title change. So the first example is one of the most recent examples and everything. That is Brock's run with the WWE World Heavyweight Championship from 2014 to 2015 and his Universal title run from 2017 to 2018. Brock would have matches and that would be gone for months on end. In like several months because of his part-time schedule. I mean, like, if you want an easy example, first off with the WWE title run, he retained the championship at Night of Champions 2014 against Cena, and then he would not have another defense until Royal Rumble 2015. So he had several months gaps where... 
he was off television and not defending the title. And then, of course, the Universal title run, which he had for about almost a year and a half. Plenty of gaps in there where he was not defending the title or even appearing on television. So they completely waived that rule because Brock's a part-timer. Uh, you want another example of this? I brought up in an earlier episode of the podcast. Dean Ambrose's United States Championship run. Remember, he went like a handful of months without defending the title on television because he retained right after Hell in a Cell in 2013, and then it took him till early 2014 to defend that title again. So he went months on end without defending that belt. Now, I've also got two more examples of the United States Championship. Uh, MVP. He also had some time periods where he was not defending his belt. Uh, at one point, he retained the United States Championship at the Great American Bash against MVP, or sorry, against Matt Hardy. And he was also doing the whole thing where he was also tag team champions with Matt Hardy. After this, he would not have another televised title defense on that with that belt again until Cyber Sunday, which was in October 2007. So he went three months without title defense on television or just televised whatsoever. Then another two months after that, because he did not defend again until Armageddon when he defended the title against Rey Mysterio. And then he did not have another televised title defense until March 7, 2008 edition of SmackDown. So... He had months on end where he was not defending the U.S. title. I could understand periods where he was not defending it because he was busy as tag champions with Matt Hardy. But what about when he was not tag champions with Matt? What was his excuse for having several month, gap, several month gaps of not defending the belt? Now, another one involving the U.S. title, and this man I'm also going to bring up again in just a bit. Big Show's United States title run that he had from No Mercy 2003 to WrestleMania 20. He won the championship at No Mercy... He did not make a title defense again with that belt until the February 5th, 2004 edition of SmackDown when he defended the belt against Billy Gunn. So it took him more than three months after that to make a televised title defense. And he made like maybe one or two more title defenses after that before dropping the belt at WrestleMania to John Cena. So <laughs> even three cases right here in a row where the U.S. Championship was pretty much not given a damn about, because it's like the champion was on screen, but he just wasn't defending the belt for whatever reason. Now, one that happened that really was iffy, and that was Trish Stratus's women's title run she had from 2004-2005. She had the instance where she retained the championship against Christy Hemme at WrestleMania, just the new rookie against a seasoned veteran of sorts. After that, she was missing for several months after Backlash, because they were off television, I know she had some kind of injury, I don't know what exactly it was. So they had her get squeezed out, like, had the life squeezed out of her and get stretched away because of Viscera. She did not return for a few months after that, and her next title defense did not happen until the September 26, 2005 edition of Raw against Victoria. So she had about a five to six month gap where she did not defend the title, and most of that time she was away due to injury. So they completely ignored the rule, like... She's injured, they ignore the rules saying, hey, you have to defend your title or get stripped. So it's like, Edge gets injured, he gets stripped of the Intercontinental title, but Trish is gone for several months, and they still keep the title on her anyway. What? Pick and choose there. And now another one with the big show, and that was his ECW Championship run, because I spotted a gap in here as well. I mean, he had a pretty dominant first couple months where he's constantly defending the title against all comers. I mean, like, Batista, I believe, against The Undertaker, Ric Flair, and so on and so forth. But there was actually a little over two-month gap where he did not defend the belt on television. His last title defense, right, like, prior to losing it, 
was uh, the September 26, 2006 edition of ECW when he defended against the Sandman, and then he would not have it put on the line again after that until December to dismember in the Elimination Chamber match. I mean, I know Big Show was kind of getting beat up, and he was taking time away, but he was still having matches in the meantime. I mean, he didn't have to defend the belt at Cyber Sunday because Booker, King Booker's World Heavyweight title was on the line. Non-title match because he was part of his own tag team match over at Survivor Series. But, like, still not even on ECW television. He wasn't even defending the belt. So it's just like, come on, what the frick? And now one that I put in the mix category because they acknowledge this guy was injured during his run. But it took them a while to finally strip him. And that was Daniel Bryan's title run in 2014 with the WWE Championship. He had a neck injury after Extreme Rules. He was still appearing on television, but they acknowledged that he's injured. So it's like they did not take the title off of him at Payback, even though that was part of the storyline saying, hey, you either surrender the belt or Nikki, your freaking wife Bree, whatever, Nikki, Bree, they're twins, I don't give a shit, gets freaking fired. So they kept the title on him and everything, and they said, okay, Daniel, if you can't defend your title by Money in the Bank, we're going to strip you of the title because these people need a fighting champion. Because he was supposed to have gone against Kane and Money in the Bank if, in a stretcher match if he's going to be healthy. He couldn't get cleared. And then they finally said, all right, we've waited long enough. Strip him of the belt. And at, at this point, he was past the 30-day title rule because Extreme Rules happened around, I think it was like April? Because I know it was after WrestleMania, and I know Payback was between Extreme Rules and Money in the Bank. So I think it was somewhere in there. It was either May or somewhere around late April, somewhere in May, somewhere like that. So it was like they took him past that 30-day title rule to finally strip Daniel of the title, even though they knew he was injured. And they even acknowledged it on television right before Batista quit, saying that Daniel Bryan's injured, you can't get your one-on-one -on -one title match. So they could just... It was an iffy moment there. They acknowledged that he's injured, but they still waved off the rules for, like, kind of stretched out time. So it's just like... I don't know. It's a pick-and-choose moment there. But anyway, that's the whole thing. Like, you have so many times where this rule is established on television, and times where they just completely ignore it without any explanation. Like I said, maybe they defend the belt at, on house shows, but again, how many people are really being informed about what happens on house shows? The only time WWE acknowledges something that happens on a house show is like if somebody gets injured or if a title change happens. But otherwise, if somebody's just defending the title... Nobody really cares or is focusing on that. But anyway, let me know what you guys saw in the comment section below about all these instances where WWE has this rule. Should they, like, enforce it even more? Because I know there are times where... I know this stuff, there's stuff, by the time I'm recording this, talking about Roman maybe taking time off during the summer. So it's like there might be time without a champion. So people might be trying to implement that rule saying, Hey, they shouldn't go this long without a champion again. So just let me know what you guys think about this whole rule. Should they keep enforcing it even on part-timers or use it as a reason to not make part-timers champions or anything? I mean, it's like especially established part-time names or anything that's just gone for several months all the time with their contracts. Anyway, let me know what you thought in the comment section below. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to leave a like, subscribe with that bell turned on if you're watching this on YouTube, or follow on any other service if you're listening to this like on Spotify or whatever I get this uploaded on. And just comment what you think below, and I'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.